turn over to Matthew chapter 19. And that's where we really will be this morning, okay? <clears throat> you remember when you were young? I just want to, that wasn't what I wanted to get at, but I thought it was sort of funny looking at y'all. You know, uh, do you remember when you were young? <clears throat> sometimes it's hard to remember, too. And sometimes we remember it worse or better than it really happened, right? Yeah, when I was your age, and, you go, and your siblings are going, what? I was there. You, you didn't know how to read till you were 15. Come on. Uh, uh, there was no snow. You know, if I, if, if, I start, uh, if I start talking to you about walking to school in the snow, you'll know I'm making stuff up. I grew up in Santa Barbara. So uh, um, when, I, uh, when I grew up, um, <clears throat> we... Uh, had the privilege of being in the same town as my grandparents, and we uh, spent many holidays uh, celebrating with my cousins and uh, in our my grandparents' small home. And uh, like many homes, uh, they it was a small home. They had a, a dining room area with a beautiful dining table, and it was extended out for when family showed up. And then there was also a kitchen that had a table as well. Um, that's where the kitty table was, you know, right? And I realized that uh, I was always at the kitty table, you know, even to the time I was six foot four, you know, I was always at the kitty table. And there were, there were things about it that were different. Uh, uh, first of all, there were no adults at the kitty table, which was the benefit, by the way. It was the good thing. <coughs> and uh, there was always kind of separate food, and sometimes some of the good stuff was at the adult table because somehow they were good enough to eat the good food, um, the, the treats, and we weren't allowed to, or we were doled out a few of those things, and uh, it was rationed to us. And I remember uh, this feeling of, why am I here and they're out there? And you know what the answer was, because this is the kitty table, and you belong at the kitty table. Another example, another example. Um, uh, many of you have gone to amusement parks. And uh, the, the rides that everyone wants to go on that are a little bit more aggressive, and maybe, maybe you don't want to go on those anymore, I don't know. But you come up to the line and there's this stick with a sign on it. And you know what that is? Are you tall enough to get on this ride? Uh, there's, this th there's this thing that says... You're good enough or you're not good enough based upon this sign. And you, it's a funny thing. I know you've seen this as well. Little kids come up to there and they're going like, this. you know, and, uh, they're trying to stretch out. No, really, I, I'm tall enough. And, and there's this striving to say, am I good enough? Am I big enough to be a part of this ride, to enjoy this? We, we have these everywhere. Um, and what... Um, what these uh, markers are saying uh, is you're too little for this. You're too little for this. Uh, you're not important enough to enter into this conversation. Uh, you haven't made it yet. You haven't made it yet. Um, we have all kinds of markers like that, right? We have uh, years of experience. We have education, you know, uh, the, the prerequisite. I, we had a deal I was talking to some of the youth and uh, we were talking about uh, uh, 
being annoying, being annoying. And one of the one of the little kids in the middle school group goes, "I'm a professional at being annoying." <laughs> and I said, "Do you have your doctorate?" He goes, "No way. I got my masters. <laughs> I got my masters." And uh, he was confident that that was somehow better than a doctor. And I don't know. Anyways, we we look at those things and we say, uh, you, once you have, once you reach a certain level, once you get to this certain place, uh, you're, you're good enough to participate. Uh, you've arrived. Uh, you somehow have reached the level that um, is needed to participate in this way. And so, I, I want to just start with that this morning. And um, I want to read to you uh, from Matthew chapter 19. This is a very simple um, but important passage for us here at Bear Valley Church as we consider um, Jesus speaking of his kingdom. I want to start reading to you in verse 13. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, uh, we'll just read these few verses here this morning. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. It's our passage for this morning. Um, Flipping back a few pages uh, to Matthew chapter 11. In verse 25, Jesus says this, uh, well, it says this, verse 25, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Lord, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. He goes on to speak of, uh, come to me all who are weary. And then flipping back to uh, chapter 18 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18 starting in verse 1. It says this, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them. And he said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to say, whoever receives one, one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, be better for him to have a, a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And then skipping down uh, to verse 10, he says this, uh, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of the Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go search 
for the one that has gone astray. And if he finds it, uh, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 who never went astray. So, uh, so it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God, uh, direct our thoughts now as we look to your word. Help us. Help us to understand. Help uh, me to speak. Help us to listen. Help us to be changed. We ask that you would have your way with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> We're in Matthew chapter 19 <clears throat> and uh, in verse 13. Jesus has spoken of marriage, divorce, singleness. And now it seems that there's another group of people who have brought uh, children to him and are seeking ministry from him. And there are two uh, separate ideas we see of kids and the kingdom. In verse 13, it says this, Then children were brought to him that he might lay hands on them and pray. There's little children. Um, these little ones uh, are probably not uh, 10-year-olds. They're probably not 5-year-olds. They're probably infants to maybe 2 or 3 years old. The ones that are lugged along mostly. Uh, some of the ones you saw up here today. Uh, maybe the older ones were of the group that was here today. But probably infants, little ones. <coughs> and who brought them? Who brought them? Most likely their parents. Because that's what parents do. They're in charge, right? Just wanted to remind you of that. Parents are in charge. Sometimes we forget. So uh, they bring these little ones. And, and they're seeking Jesus. They're, they're looking for Jesus. And we, we don't have any reason to know why other than... Uh, they probably knew two things by fame of Jesus. The first thing they probably knew by fame is that he was a, a, a great man, a great teacher, great healer. Like There was something special about Jesus. And he wasn't like any other teacher. He wasn't like the, the rabbis. He wasn't like the other religious leaders. He, he was like no one they'd ever met before. And so his fame grew in that way. And the second thing they probably knew, even by the verses that I've already shared and read to you, is that Jesus loved children. He loved the little ones. And so they brought their little ones, their infants, most of which probably who couldn't even speak. Couldn't even say, yeah, they could speak. They could say quite a bit. You know, kids do that, right? They just let it out. They just let it out. And uh, sometimes it's good when little kids can't speak, right? You can't tell what they're saying. Uh, and then when they learn to speak, you realize all those things that they wanted to tell you. Some of them you didn't want to hear, right? But you, you have the parents most likely bringing these little ones to Jesus. These ones who probably couldn't even speak, who, who'd done nothing. And, and really, I want to tell you this. They were uh, useless to Jesus in building his kingdom. If Jesus would have passed the plate among these little ones, they would have given nothing. 
given nothing. If he would have said, hey, um, I, I need someone to go care for these sick people down at this other side of town, they couldn't have gotten there. Uh, if Jesus was doing this for the accolades that people could give him, these little ones couldn't have given him anything. These little ones had nothing to offer, and they had no accomplishments for anyone to think of them as great. They were brought to Jesus, and these parents or adults were asking for blessing. They were asking for Jesus to pray for their children. Love it. Love it. It's the heart of a parent. It's the heart of a parent. In fact, I, I want to encourage you, uh, next few weeks, uh, we're going to have at least one and maybe others that are going to bring their children uh, to dedicate them to the Lord and really to dedicate themselves, th themselves as parents uh, to the raising of their children. It's just something we do here. It's nothing special in the sense that, that we can make them perfect at, at their young age, but it's a symbol of what we hope happens in the future that we trust the Lord for um, as He does His work. The heart of a parent. And, and what this is, the heart of a parent, uh, if you remember what it was to have your little ones, you realize you're overwhelmed at how needy they are. You're overwhelmed uh, when they get sick, you don't know how to fix them. When they, they're crying, you don't know what's wrong, whether it's the diaper thing or whether it's the, the food thing or if it's just they're cranky, like we get cranky. You know, we, we don't know. And so we struggle with that. And so as you see this needy parent, as you picture these parents coming to Jesus, they're looking at their little ones, carrying them, and they go, I, I need what Jesus has for my little one. I want Jesus to be the blessing on my little one. And so they came with their little ones and they brought them to Jesus. It's the heart of a parent. It's the heart of a parent. May it never stop for us. May it never stop. This idea that we uh, want Jesus for our children. Unfortunately, uh, the humility of young parents seeing uh, the need of their children and feeling overwhelmed of the things that they don't know soon gets lost in the busyness of life. I picture uh, some being asked that same day their, their friends are going they're going hey we're gonna go we're gonna go see jesus we're gonna take our our infant to to go be jesus for jesus to touch them and to bless them and to uh pray for them you want to come and and someone says no it's junior's nap time you know if junior misses his nap time then he gets a little cranky then I get cranky, then the whole world gets cranky, and it takes him three weeks to get back on Junior's nap time. <laughs> Who cares about Junior's nap time? Jesus is in town, right? We got, we got places to be. This is a worthy pursuit. This is something for us to do. We shouldn't be too busy. Our concern for our children should be that they get Jesus. Some might even say, well, you know, I, 
I have my baby here. I have my baby here, and uh, there's Jesus. Have you washed your hands? Have you washed your hands? You know, it's, it's cold season, and I, I'm fearful, Jesus, that you're going to give germs to my little baby. It sounds ridiculous, right? These are the things that, that burden our heart. And, and, and they change from time to time. I, as, as people get, their children get older, they're no, no longer worried about nap time. Nap time sounds so great when, you know, your kid, you know, you want your kid to go to sleep, right? You want him to take a time out, but he's just not wanting to. Later, it turns into baseball, right? Junior's got baseball practice. He's got the big game coming up. He's on the travel ball team, and you know, that travel ball team, they're all going to go pro. They're only eight. Yeah, but they're all going to go pro. They're not all going to go pro. I just want to tell you that. In fact, Tehachapi hasn't been a big producer of pro athletes. I don't know if you've noticed that. but Or maybe it's dance. Maybe it's dance, you know. Little Sally, she's, she's doing dance, and this is so important. She loves it. It's her heart. It's her heart. Maybe that's the problem. There's something better. Maybe later it turns into yearbook. The yearbook's coming out, and we're having a special meeting where we're doing some special things, and, you know, this is going to be epic. You know they put a yearbook out every year, right? Some of you don't even know where those yearbooks are, and you're thankful for it, too. Yeah. Maybe it's homework, too. Maybe it's homework, too. You, you look at the pressures of life, and you say, well, we don't have all the money in the world. So uh, Junior and Sally, they need to study hard because they're going to get a full ride to B.C. or something like that or uh, and so we have to, they have to get perfect grades. And this is what's most important in our family. And I want to tell you, uh, it's not. It's not. It's not. Get your kids to do their homework, right? Step on them if you have to. Pressure of them. Pressure them. Put bricks above their heads, okay? But it's not as important as Jesus. It's not as important as so these parents, they brought uh, their children, wanting uh, their children to have the benefit of Jesus, that he would pray for them, that, that somehow they would be connected with who Jesus is. As we look at this, um, I, I, I want to r- remind you that these little ones were too little for Jesus. They were too little. They had nothing to offer had nothing to offer. In fact, this idea of blessing and praying was, was part of the Jewish culture and extra-biblical writings. They, there were things and times and places where most of the time when they were 13, there was a, a prayer of blessing. But at 13, there was a sense where they had gone through some education. They had shown themselves a little bit, just a little bit, of being ready for this. And so the prayer of blessing was now that they had shown themselves to be something, that this, that they would have the, the added blessing uh, from God. And these little ones, done nothing. Done nothing. Had nothing to add. So these parents brought their children. 
But what were, so you have the disciples. The disciples always following Jesus to some degree. They're, they're always wandering around him. They're with him. They're hearing from him. Uh, they're always wanting to be with Jesus and learning from him. And the disciples see these ones coming to bring these little ones. And so what's their response? Um, as, as we see in God's word, uh, the children were brought to him that they might lay hands on him and on them and pray. And it says this, and the disciples rebuked the people. Rebuked the people. Picked the mom or the dad and said, get those kids out of here. Jesus doesn't want some snotty-nosed kid around him. This is, this is the adult table. This is the adult table. The, the nursery's over there. Get these kids out of here. Jesus is doing important things. And, and it says that the disciples rebuked, rebuked. Most likely these parents, most likely moms. It's a bad idea when you rebuke moms. Note to self, okay? Uh, especially in regards to their little ones. Um, why, why in that setting would the disciples have said those things? Why, why would they rebuke those ones? If you can picture, it's probably within earshot of everybody. There's probably Jesus there. The parents are coming in. The disciples are probably there. It's probably not hundreds of feet or hundreds of yards away. And, uh, but the disciples, what are they trying to do? Well, they're trying to do what Jesus wants them to do. They, they're acting as though they are Jesus' bodyguards, right? He's, he's super important. He doesn't have time for your little brats. Uh, this is what they're trying to do. And, and it's almost as if it's not that they don't think that they're doing something right. In fact, some of them probably kind of puff their chest out and say, Jesus, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. Uh, Jesus doesn't have time for you today. Thinking that they had the right answer. This is what uh, Jesus' followers thought. These kids are too little for Jesus. He only deals with certain age, a uh, certain level of education. He only deals with men. He's not really concerned about women. No. No. The older people, more distinguished. You know, he, you know if, you, if you're not educated, if you, if you haven't been 10, 20 years on the job, he doesn't really have time for you. That's what they were thinking. And, and the disciples, in their minds, they, they, were, they were doing the math importance equation, okay? These little ones, not important. Me? Definitely, definitely important enough to be. I, I'm definitely important enough. Jesus has time for me. In fact, he probably wants a one-on-one -on -one with me, but not with these little ones. As we consider this... Um, this was two different views on children. Parents saying, my little one needs Jesus. My, my, my little one needs to be prayed for by Jesus. His concern, that's, that, that's what my son or daughter needs. The disciples, you're too little for him to care about you. You're too insignificant at this time for him to care about you. Jesus sets the record straight, verse 14. 
But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. It's not recorded here, but in Mark, it tells us that in the same instance that uh, Jesus was, uh, in a holy sort of way, was angry at his disciples. And you say, Jesus, why was Jesus bothered by this? Why was this something that bothered Jesus? Why didn't he just let it go? The heart of the disciples, what the disciples were trying to save him from this. They were trying to do what's right. They just got a little confused. But, but Jesus, this strikes him at his heart. He looks at these little ones and he says, they're important to me. These, these little ones are important to me. And of course, I have time for them. And you know what? He probably said this too. He probably said, these little ones are important to me, but this mom is important to me. And her heart is for her child, and so my heart is for her. And this husband, he doesn't know what he's doing. I just assumed that. It doesn't say that anywhere, but I just assumed that. This, this husband, this new father, he doesn't know what he's doing. I, my heart is with him. They're insignificant people. And Jesus says, I'm with them. My heart is with them. And so Jesus sets the record straight. He says, let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. Let the ones who are too little to speak come to me. Let the ones who can't bring me anything come to me. Let the ones who don't understand, who don't get it, let the the feeble parents come to me. There's two sections. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Uh, that's stop, stop doing this right now and continue to let this happen over time. Okay? Stop what you're doing by trying to thwart them and also let this continue to happen over and over again. I, I want to tell you that... Um, I'll put my own hand up. Kids make me crazy. Kids make me crazy. Okay, some of you are wanting to get in on that action. I won't make you confess in front of the brethren. Uh, Kids make me crazy. Um, You can handle one. You know, have you ever seen a, a, a child sleeping? Beautiful. It's when they wake up. It's when they wake up that's the problem. It, you know, that, that, that's where it all starts, right? Huh? Some of you are figuring that out in the wee hours of the morning, you know. Uh, and, and, and you start adding them together, adding them together, and you think of a bunch of children together, and some of you are breaking out a rash just thinking about it, right? You're going, oh, it's too much. It's too chaotic. Um, you, you know what? I, I hate to say this. I hate to reveal this. It's part of the design here at Bear Valley Church that it's chaotic. You know, that whole thing where the kids are just walking around and doing this whole thing. It's the cutest thing. Most of you didn't see it. Uh, last week at the surprise box, I was done. I, I can't remember what I talked about. It was great. It was great. I know that. It was great. And as I was walking down, this little boy looks up to me and he goes, What do cows eat? And I said, hey. And he goes, I knew it. (laughs) 
And it had nothing to do with what I was talking about. I can't plan those things. I can't, I can't design them. I, I want to tell you, uh, Jesus' attitude towards these little ones was, let them come to me. And let them bring their pathetic parents too. Let, let them bring the confusion. I take those. These are the kinds of people I take. Come to me. And, and it's not just at a, a single period of time, but it's this open invitation. The door's propped open all the time with Jesus. That this is a, a, a constant thing with him is that he wants us to come to him. When we're small, when we're in between, when we're older, when we're younger, he wants us to come to him. He says, come to me and do not hinder them. And then he says this, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. That's a peculiar, that's, that's, that's an idea. He's been talking about the kingdom of heaven throughout the book of Matthew. This is the presentation that he brings. And, and you say, kingdom of heaven, it, it doesn't really, you know, uh, the kingdom of heaven, isn't there some criteria for this thing? Isn't, isn't this, if it's a kingdom, you take all the great people and you put them in charge and it makes a great kingdom. And Jesus says, no, let me explain to you my kingdom. Little ones, insignificant, add nothing, can't do anything. It's like this. It's like this in my kingdom. These are the ones. These are the ones that are important in charge. These are the ones that I, I treasure. It's an issue of humility. passage ends with just saying and he laid his hands on them and went away and I picture a lot of people standing there going what just happened uh, these little ones came I didn't think he should spend any time with them he did spend time with them he cared for them he rebuked his disciples and set them in their place and he, he had time for them Three things I want to give you this morning just as we uh, consider this passage. First of all, I just want to ask you this. Are you childlike? Are you childlike? Uh, Jesus has brought up this idea of children over and over and over again. It's what marked him. It's one of the things that he valued. And are you, are you seeking to be great and adult-like? It's not childish. It's not childish. It's childlike. And really, the, the one thing that children are is needy, dependent. And so, as we go through life, do we look at all the challenges in our life and our day and say, Jesus, I need you today. I need you today. And as parents, and as parents, as you look at uh, the kids that you're trying to raise, and you, do you look at them and say, my kids need Jesus today. They, they need a relationship with Him. Uh, there's... You, they need this more than A's. They need this more than being able to hit the curveball, okay? They need it more than anything. Are you childlike? Second question is, how do you see little ones? How do you see little ones? Um, little ones, um, they just don't help you out around the house. They, you know, they, they just, 
they just don't look like the pictures, you know what I mean? The, the pictures, everything's perfect, everything's in place. In reality, they're, they're wrecking you, they're wrecking your home, and they're wrecking themselves, okay? And, and so sometimes you just go, oh, I don't do little ones, I don't, I don't want them around. You know what? That, that is a God-given example to you. It's a God, when you see a little one, even if you don't consider yourself a baby person, you go, they're dependent. They have nothing to give. Boy, they, they're helpless. That's me. That's me. When you have the privilege of seeing a little one, remind yourself that this is Jesus' example to you of what you are to him. Little one. How do you see little ones and your little ones, okay? And your little ones. Um, as you look at your family and your life, uh, what does it amount to? I, I want to say, how do you see little ones and your little ones and their little ones, okay? And maybe even their little ones, okay? It's your kids. It's your grandkids.